0: Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. Focus on the important stuff. XTRF takes care of the paperwork so you can take back control of your schedule. Our fully automated workflows and vendor billing takes all the stress out of those urgent requests. And if that wasn't enough, your clients can securely monitor the progress of their projects themselves. That means fewer emails for you to deal with. Did we mention our platform is fully customizable too? XTRF's team of experts can handle anything from cat tool to accounting system integration. We could go on, but the benefits are endless. So if your company is in need of a productivity boost or your project managers can barely keep their heads above water, then let's talk. XTRF has the solution you need. XTRF. Translation made simple. Visit our website, xtrf.eu. Let's talk about your business. Using Linux as a translator. Those of you who have known me for a while are aware of the fact that I don't use a Windows or a Mac computer. What the hell do you use then, one might ask? Well, we're powered by Linux over here. We fully made the transition back in 2008, but my husband, whose background is in IT, had already been playing around with Linux since 2006, I believe. I couldn't yet give up Windows back in the day because the cat tool I used only worked inside Microsoft Word, which is part of Microsoft Office, which is part of Microsoft Windows. So I was pretty much locked down with that, and there was also our accounting software, QuickBooks, which was available for Windows only back then in July two thousand seven. My husband and I went to Portland for an Ubuntu Linux convention. I mostly went sightseeing after getting a couple of projects out of the way while working from the hotel, but got to join him for lunch and dinner a couple of times during the event. I have to say, it was pretty funny to walk into the convention center and see a bunch of grown men having a field day like little kids at a toy store. It kind of had the same vibe of an entertainment convention like San Diego Comic-Con, you know? Minus the famous celebrities. Well, we did get to shake hands and talk briefly with Mark Shuttleworth, the CEO of Canonical, the company behind Ubuntu. And when I say grown man acting like kids at a toy store, it's not hyperbole. They had kind of an indoor amusement park set up, and my husband got to go head to head with Shutterworth in a game of velcro fly wall. It consists of wearing a velcro vest and jumping against a uh, you guessed it, a velcro wall. Like one of those inflatable jumpy houses that kids play in at birthday parties. You basically run from one hand to the other and jump against the wall to see if you stick, like a fly against a sticky flytrap. Whoever gets higher on the wall wins. (laughs) After that, I got to film a fellow Brazilian who worked for the now defunct Sun Microsystems while he interviewed Shuttleworth. And the guy seemed pretty nervous, like interviewing his idol. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. But going back to Ubuntu and Linux, I only started using it after I was able to transition to the cat tool I use today. Swordfish, as I mentioned a few times at Translation Confessional already. Because Swordfish is a cross-platform program, you can use it in Windows, Mac, or Linux, so you're not locked down to one operating system. Back in the late aughts, I still had to run a virtual Windows machine to update information on QuickBooks and use Microsoft Office for that one last look on a translated document in Word or slides in PowerPoint but I've been doing everything else on Linux since then. I check my emails and use social media. I research my translation projects. I teach my students at UCSD Extension. I create content about translation, and I even subtitle videos and record voiceover tracks, all in Ubuntu Linux. I haven't had to worry about getting the blue screen of death. Whenever something goes wrong with Windows, or if Microsoft decides to push an update in the middle of my workday, neither do I have to worry about viruses, which are mostly designed to attack Windows machines, to hack into personal and financial information for identity theft purposes, or to turn computers into zombies and attack other machines or send out spam. Actually, before I forget, Check out Season 1, Episode 46, Scammy Scamming Scammers, to hear more about that one time that my husband turned the table on a scammer who called us pretending to be from Microsoft Support Desk. Anyway, fast forward 13 years later, and I only have to use a virtual Windows machine to open Word documents and PowerPoint slides because. No matter how functional other options are, including Pages for Mac or LibreOffice for Linux, Microsoft Office has so much happening behind the scenes that things always shift and move around if you open a DocX or a PPTX in another program, or vice versa. So, after I'm done translating a document or a slide presentation, I still open them in my virtual Windows machine to check if everything looks good visually. There are other tools that I use for work on Linux, though, which are perfect for translators who want to break free from the corporate computer world. I'll tell you all about them right after this. Before we continue, I wanted to tell you a bit about TMX Editor. It was created by Max Programs, the same company behind Swordfish, which you probably already know is my cat tool of choice since 2008. TMX Editor is the ideal tool if you receive a large TMX file from a client and need to verify and edit segments on the fly. Since I collaborate with colleagues working with different target languages, I think the most practical thing about TMX Editor is the fact that I can open a bilingual TMX file and add a new target language to it. In other words, we can have a multilingual TMX file set up in TMX Editor and see all our working languages in a single work environment. It's ideal when clients send us material in English and request translations into both Brazilian and European Portuguese. That way, my colleague and I can view the contents of the TMX in the same window. If you'd like to give TMX Editor a try, go to this webpage, bit.ly slash tc-tmx. Once again, the webpage is bit.ly slash tc-tmx. Hope you like it. So, the main selling point about Ubuntu, as well as other Linux distributions, is that they're free of charge. Yes, you do not have to buy a license or a computer that will run a Linux operating system in particular. And, despite your preconceived notions, Linux isn't only for computer nerds. I mean, my husband's grandpa was using it before he passed away. A couple of friends in their 50s and 60s have been using it too. It just has a clean interface and is perfect for end users who will do basic things like surfing the web, streaming media content, sending out emails, and the like. For people like us who use computers for a living, it takes a little bit of getting used to, especially when it comes to installing new software. Apart from that, you'd even forget you're running a different operating system on your computer. That is, definitely notice how everything seems to work faster and the computer doesn't lag or restart out of the blue. And once again, it's free, and the software available for you to install is also free, and the learning curve isn't that steep. So you might want to check it out if you've ever wondered if you could walk away from Windows or macOS. So now I'll go over the programs or platforms I use to perform different tasks during my daily activities as a translator using Linux. Mm -hmm. Emailing. Even though we have a corporate email at our company, Word Awareness, we use Gmail as our interface. Mm -hmm. Scheduling. It's also a Google solution, Google Calendar. And we use Trello.com to coordinate invoices to be sent out to clients and project orders to be sent out to colleagues working with me. Accounting. Like I mentioned, we use QuickBooks because that's always helped streamline everything with our CPA, Certified Public Accountant, during tax season. QuickBooks used to be a standalone program in Windows, but a few years ago they became an online platform, so we can use it anywhere from a browser, as long as we have internet connection. It's great for when we're traveling, and I get a small project and can invoice clients right away because I don't need to wait until I'm back at my computer desk. It's a web-based accounting solution, so I can access it from any computer. Translating. Once again, Swordfish was a lifesaver back in 2008, and I'm still using it to this day for 80% of the projects I work on using a CAD tool. The other 20% comes from clients who have set up an account for me on online CAD tools. I actually talked about the subject last episode, so check it out if you haven't already. File Creation. Even though I still need Microsoft Office to double-check Docx files in Word and PPTX files in PowerPoint, when clients send me material for translation in these two formats, I do everything else on LibreOffice, which is a free, open-source version of Microsoft Office products. I create spreadsheets using LibreOffice Calc, like Calculator, to organize myself, especially when it comes to brainstorming the podcast schedule. I write documents using LibreOffice Writer and can convert them to PDF for easy distribution. I used LibreOffice Impress to create slides for my tools and technology in translation lectures, but nowadays I go to Prezi for all my presentation-related needs because their dynamic slides are so much more attractive and help me organize topics better when I need to present a translation webinar. And if I need to create online documents, such as my notes to organize my thoughts for each episode or before a live webinar, or even if I need to dictate something like an article I'm writing, I use Google Docs. Voice recording. I've been using Audacity for over two decades. Since I learned about it while taking radio classes in journalism school, and working as an intern at a community radio. Back then, I was using the Windows version because that's what our labs were running. But I'm happy to say that Audacity has a version for Linux too, and it runs as smoothly as ever. That's how I record and edit the translation confessional episodes you listen to. And that's also how I prepare audio tracks for my voiceover clients. Video editing. For a few years now, I've been using WeVideo, which is an online platform that allows me to make my videos look visually consistent, because I use the same theme, transition, and font formatting that I've grown used to. As for desktop solutions, I use both Shotcut and OBS for Linux, depending on what kind of video editing I'm doing. OBS is great to set up exactly what I want to record on my computer, especially if I'm creating a tutorial for my classes or online sessions or interviewing with someone and need to record the video call on my screen as well as different audio channels so everyone is heard correctly. And Shotcut is what I use to do the heavy video editing because it's stable, it runs smoothly, and it exports content in different formats, especially MP4 for YouTube and MP3 for audio only. Oh, and I also use it to create those cool audio waves you get to see on the Translation Confessional Music Edition videos I have up on YouTube, because it has filters that turn sounds into visual elements on screen. Subtitling. If I'm not working with large subtitling agencies that set up an account for me on their own platform... I use different subtitling programs depending on the scope of the project. I'd say 90% of my subtitling projects are done in GNOME subtitles. Yes, GNOME, like the garden ornament in the shape of a little bearded man with a pointed hat. It's the simplest, most straightforward subtitling program ever. I can open the video, create a new SRT file, use hotkeys to set the start and end times of each subtitle, as well as play, pause, rewind, and fast-forward, and I can open another file side-by-side within the same program window to translate the subtitles to, whether I created the original subtitle file or the client sent me a template to work from. The other subtitling program I use sporadically is Subtitle Composer. I have only used it when I know a file will contain something I'll need to use in italics, since GNOME subtitles will either keep the entire subtitle in italics or none of it. So, in Subtitle Composer, I can select the words I need to italicize, and the rest of it will remain the same. It's also a great option when clients send me a blank template, which means that someone created a subtitle file with only the start and end time set up, but without any of the original transcribed in the source language. So I just open the blank template and type my translations without having to worry about timing it correctly. And the only reason I use it is because it highlights each subtitle in the work area as the video is playing, so I can assess exactly what part of the message must show up in each subtitle. I also use Subtitle Editor to grade my Introduction to Subtitling Students at UCSD Extension, because this software allows me to check some technical information at a glance. It will indicate in red whether there are subtitles with timing issues, that is, if they are under the minimum duration, or if there's no two-frame gap between each subtitle. I can also see the character count in a single column and check if each line has gone over the set character limit. I have AGSub installed too, but I have to say that I hate it with a passion. It's not user-friendly at all. It always feels clunky. And it doesn't show line breaks in a way that is very easy on the eye. Honestly, I only use it to open an SRT I've already created in GNOME subtitles if I need to change the font color, the position of the subtitles on the screen, or convert the file to ASS format. And that is exactly what I do when I edit subtitles for the Translation Confessional Music Edition to go along with the songs I translate each episode. Well, that is it for the software I use all the time as a professional translator who's been a Linux user since 2008. Have you ever considered leaving Windows or macOS behind to give something like Linux a try and greatly minimize your computer-related headaches. And before you give me any of those excuses, such as Linux isn't reliable because there isn't a big company behind it, or it's too complicated for anyone to understand it if you're not a hacker or a nerd, let me tell you a little secret. You already use Linux if you have an Android phone or if you use Chrome as your web browser. Did you know that? So if you want to give Linux a try, don't be scared because it's easier and much more stable than you think. Send me an email at rlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on my Anchor page. If I get enough feedback and voice messages, I can go back to the subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, my Anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation confessional. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.